This is the Barbell Voodoo Podcast with your hosts, Roy Mangrum and Jamie Free. HQ. Welcome. It's the Barbell Voodoo Podcast. It is. Again. What are we sponsored by today? Um, I mean, sponsored by... No, I don't think anyone's given us anything. No. I did uh, buy this Killcliff, which is awesome. Yeah. It's actually double awesome. Brought to you in part by <laughs> <laughs> by uh, the Shell Station and Killcliff. There you go. Um, where he purchased that... Uh, could have got one here for free, but no big deal. Son of a bitch. I know. But we don't have that flavor. Oh, you don't? No. Well, then I'm glad I got it. There you go. There you go. So I think today we want to talk a little bit about programming. Programming. Let's, yeah. Let's, uh, let's kick it off. I know you got some, uh, well, some points of interest here. I think one of the things that's uh, interesting about programming and one of the things that I found when I came in was I was a little more, I'm, first of all, I'm a little older than a lot of people who are studying CrossFit these days uh, competitively. Um, but, you know, I came in with a strength base and I was thrown immediately into a elite, like elite level competition training. Um, you know, probably not what I needed immediately. Probably needed some, some technique and, uh, and, and some, <laughs> some structure of some sort that, that could teach me what was needed. And I think that's a lot of the problem that comes in today. You see a lot of these athletes, a lot of these kids coming in and they're, you know, coming out of high school, coming out, coming out of college sports, and they're strong, and they throw them right into they're they're competitive, and they can move well, and they can push weight around. So you put them in something that's a little more competitive, and mm-hmm. they're missing a lot of the basics that come along with it. Um, you know, I mean, you are around a gym a lot. You coach in a gym. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? You see college athletes coming over. Uh, our clientele. Well, number one, the clientele there is pretty diverse. So you get kind of, you get some college athletes, not Mm -hmm. honestly, just a few, Mm -hmm. very few. Uh, And then most everybody else is like trying to get in shape Mm -hmm. kind of thing. So, you know, as far as programming goes, it's not as uh, geared toward the competitive side. Yeah. So, um, I know for me... When I first got around CrossFit, the programming to me seemed like it would be very difficult to program. Yeah. Number one, there's so many different um, movements and and things where coming from the world of powerlifting, I had to program around squat, bench, deadlift. Well, that's pretty easy. Yeah. You know, you got your program for three movements. You got dynamic day, max effort day, mm-hmm. and then. You hit some accessory work mm-hmm. and go home. So, um, you know, it's it, to me, it's it's um, it was very very confusing to, to try to figure out how to program for it. Maybe that's just because my mind was locked in that old school, you know, just the kind of the conjugate yeah. method. But um, I find it really interesting, though, um, as I've been around it longer, to take that conjugate method. And apply it, mm-hmm. um, but I know that's kind of trailing off course from where we started. But 
like I like to take specific movements. Mm -hmm. So, you know, let's say if you have someone that's working on, you know, hey, I've been stuck at X weight on my clean mm -hmm. or my snatch for this long. I take the movement and break it into pieces. Absolutely. I don't know if that is that normal. Is that how you do things or how you? Um, see you know, I think that based on a lot of the the things that I've I've worked with and a lot of things I've seen that that the only way to strengthen a movement is to do the movement. Now, that being said, I think that the accessory work from Louis and and Conjugate West Side um, definitely breaks down each movement. It's not just all right. You have to snatch and you have to clean and jerk. You are working pulls, you're working weighted pulls, you're working speed pulls, you're working right. all the different movements that allow for you to get in the right position. Mm -hmm. So it, it really breaking down the movement into, say, three, right, three right. different spots mm -hmm. and then working from those positions and then linking them up to right. make your movement, that, yeah, absolutely. I think that's um, one of the things that some some programmers, uh, some gyms are lacking. Um, mm -hmm. Not Maybe not just understanding that... Um, there's more to life than snatching clean and jerk and just doing a snatch and a clean and jerk. Uh, and I think that we come across that a lot when, you know, you drop it in other gyms, you see you're like, all right, well, this person's having some issues here. How are they going to break, you know, break those bad habits mm -hmm. that they've, they've got from whatever they've learned. Yeah. Um, and that's definitely, you know, what you're talking about and breaking that down. Um, yeah. I really like one of my favorite things, uh, that we've done for snatch and, uh, clean and jerk is you know just do a banded deadlift. Mm -hmm. So you know the if if you're not familiar with banded deadlifts, so that's something you do a lot with the conjugate method or west side method, depending on who you are and what your definition is. But you in uh, the uh, if you don't have a, a gym where there's pegs mm -hmm. mounted to the, the to the ground, you just kind of stand over a band, mm -hmm. loop it over the bar. Mm -hmm. So that you have to overcome the extra resistance as you're progressing throughout the movement. So, and sometimes um, one of my favorite things to do is, is we'll just call it a PR day. Mm -hmm. So you're going to hit a PR if you show up. Yeah. It's kind of funny. It's just a trick on the mind. Yeah. We'll be like, you know, we're going to work up to a heavy banded deadlift. Mm -hmm. And we drop the band and start our cleans. Yeah. And everybody's, you know, all of a sudden now that bar's flying way up where you may not be able to pull it past your belly but now it's you know you're pulling it all the way up to your throat based on the fact that it, with the band you have to really extend the hip right um, but too know. like I think there's a CNS component mm -hmm. too loading it yeah. right so now you're like holy shit this bar is so super light yeah and now it just flies up where before you know when you had the band on it you know it's actually trying to pull it away from you yeah um but anyway, well, I think there's a lot of validity to the, the conjugate accessory um, thought process, and I think that especially when I started out, I know that um, Derek Robinson, uh, yep. Project Nomad, mm -hmm. does a lot of accessory work. You know, and one of the things I think one of the most important things he th he, he knows he has in his gym is a um, a reverse hyper and a, and a GHD. You know, so glute hand developer for reverse. Um, GHRs, and uh, then you have the uh, reverse hyper for you know extension, uh, hamstring curls, things like that. So, yeah, that's uh, one of the first things I bought um, for my garage gym. Reverse. I started putting it together, yeah, because when you know when I had a, a reverse when I trained powerlifting, 
you did the reverse hyper mm -hmm. uh, twice a week, six sets, so it's ascending weight. You started with 335-pound plates. You mm -hmm. just kept adding 35s you, for six sets. Mm -hmm. And then uh, as soon as I started putting my garage gym together, you that, have that was the first thing I bought. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the things I remember from being out in California with uh, at Midtown Strength Conditioning was that was such an important part. Midtown would be the home of... It was, at the time, the home of Mark Super Bell. Training. Yeah, Team Super Trainer. Um, it said the strongest gym Strongest in the gym in the West. Uh, on the walls, uh, great Olympic lifting coach was there as well, uh, Camilo Gutierrez. So... Um, I had all that at my fingertips, didn't know what I was doing with it. Um, <laughs> so I actually didn't learn anything about Olympic lifting. Uh, it was basically squat, deadlift. I was training to be pretty, or attempting to be pretty, uh, trying to be a fitness model uh, back in the day um, when I was much younger. So, um, But, you know, that was one of the things that we did to make sure we were activating our, our hamstrings, yeah. too. So. You know, and, and that's one of the things that I come across a lot because I train mostly athletes, um, youth athletes, high school, college, um, is most of them are, are not activating their, their glutes at all. Mm -hmm. There's no activation of the hamstrings, the glutes, any of that. So teaching that and, and getting that to engage is something that's incredibly important for power output. Um, you know, I've had uh, a baseball player and, and, and a football player, one kid that uh, when he left uh when he started with me, he was, I got him up to 235 and then taught him some things. And now he's, he's cleaning 305. Power Jeez. So he's only a freshman in college right now. So that's crazy. Yeah. But you know, you have, uh, all you have to do is teach these kids the proper way to use their bodies. Um, yeah. cause no one's teaching them that, you know, they're, they're college programs. I mean, I know you guys, I know Greg has a, a small issue yeah. out in, um, in, uh, Spring Hill. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's kind of funny. Um, if you know who we are, then you can read between the lines and figure stuff out. I was at one high school, mm -hmm. and um, last year was my last last year. Last season mm -hmm. was my last year. Um, I had a goal in mind. We reached the goal, mm -hmm. and you know I was going to pursue other things. So once I I helped the um, the team reach the goal, mm -hmm. you know. I moved on. He was trying to offer help to another school. another yeah. school in the area, and uh, they need they knew everything. Yeah, they know everything. Um, and these aren't trained. No, and you know one thing. Um, you know he he would be upset about it as mm -hmm. you know, uh, knowing Greg knows what he's talking about. Yep. You know, Absolutely. I have highest amount of respect for him. A lot of these coaches only know what they know. Yeah, exactly. And they don't know what they don't know. But they act like they do. Right. And I think that's the overstepping of those bounds that, yeah. you know, so say you have, like, I know in college, I went to a Division three college, and yeah. our, our our strength coach was our defensive coordinator. I never saw him in the gym. Right. I was never, I, I he was obviously being the defensive coordinator. I don't even know what program we followed. I have no idea what we were doing in there. Um I never cleaned over 300 pounds. I was 230-pound fullback, mm -hmm. and I couldn't clean over 300 pounds. Well, you know, I think one of the things is, well, let me let me go back. So in, at the college level and mm -hmm. high school level, so there's a little bit of difference mm -hmm. as far as compensation, right, that, yeah. that coaches get. I know uh, there's a school 
in Rutherford County. I had a little issue with that this year. Uh, if you follow the news, but did you see that? I did not. Oh, I'll tell you about it later. <laughs> uh, Booster Club paid them lots of money. Yeah. Yeah, it was in the paper. It was a big deal. So, uh, anyway, so a lot of times those guys, they're just kind of filling that void yeah. um, where they, you know, they don't put an emphasis on the strength conditioning. You have coaches come in and go, hey, we did uh, four by five or four by ten or whatever the hell they did in college, and that's what we're going to do because that's what we were taught in college. Well, yeah. what college did you go to? Did you go to the University of Alabama? Did you go to Auburn? Did yeah. you go to UT? No, I went to this school over here. Yeah. Well, like you were saying, yeah, you don't even know what program you were following. You probably don't know no what the goal was, given, what the yeah. explanation was. So if you didn't know all those things, you probably didn't have very much instruction to begin with. Zero. So you're passing on the same bad information that you got when you were in college. And if you don't know any different, then you don't know that that's bad information. So well, that's, look, luckily for me, yeah, or... Um, or I guess it would be luckily for me, uh, when for X school that mm-hmm. I was with, the co- the coach had played at another level. Mm-hmm. So he knew what he didn't know. Yeah. And that's where I came in. He's like, you know more than me in this, mm-hmm. right? But also for me, I stayed in my lane. Yeah. You know, I didn't play football. Yeah. Don't ask me a football question. Mm-hmm. If a kid come up to me and go, Coach, how should I do this? No, no clue. Yeah, no clue. You want, you might take, talk to about squat, mm. talk to about deadlift, whatever. Yeah. If you're asking me how to block somebody, have no clue. Yeah, go talk to him. You know, I stayed in my lane. Mm-hmm. A lot of these coaches don't understand stay in your lane. Yeah. So yeah, great. You know, I feel bad for him because he had the best intentions. The cool thing is now, um, he is at a different school. Okay, helping out. Good. And they are very receptive. Um, and he took the exact same approach. He's like, hey, look, I don't want anything. Mm-hmm. I just want to pass on knowledge. Yeah. You can take it. You can leave it. Mm-hmm. Here's what I offer. And they said, dude, come in here. Yeah. Help us. Help us learn. And he's seen. they've seen huge improvements. Oh, absolutely. So why they are closed-minded yeah. about that, I don't know. Um, but wow. then again, it shows you know, all you got to do is go to go to a high school game on Friday night. You know who's prepared, who's not prepared. Yeah, exactly. You know. Well, and I think that a lot of that plays into some of the the, the main issues of soft tissue injuries and and how Absolutely. kids are uh, how kids are stretching, mobilizing these days, or not. Um, yeah, or or lack thereof. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things that I've noticed, and I work with a high school, um, is that soft tissue soft tissue injuries went down immensely amongst the kids my kids we didn't have any mm-hmm. because we take the time to mobilize and stretch and we teach proper form um you know and then you know you you know that all these these private schools around here have these amazing financed weight rooms they have awesome facilities and i have seen some of the programming and you're looking at it, you're like what what are you what are you actually going to do with any of this equipment you're 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 wasting it. Yeah. Um, and I think that's one of the biggest problems I have. And I, I, I've talked to a couple of schools and, you know, they pay a lot of money to their strength coaches yeah. to sit behind a, an office door and do nothing. Some of them have multiple strength coaches. Yeah. Uh, I know one of the schools that this, especially the school I'm talking about has multiple. <laughs> I think we're talking about the same school. Probably. <laughs> and, and it's just like, you're, you're sitting there thinking 
this school produces Division One talent mm-hmm. with no direction. Yeah, you know, so you're like, all right, well, if they just had some some guidance, yeah. you know, and if it, I mean, uh, here's the thing, I mean, their their strength coach is getting six figures, and I'm sitting here like. I would, I would. You let me play in that gym. I'll do it for half. Yeah. I'll, I'll do it for a quarter. I don't care. I just want to have, you know, that opportunity, that access to work with um, athletes that are willing to learn. Yeah. Um, you well, know. Well, I remember when. So I was fresh out of powerlifting. I moved when I first moved up here. And of course, I'm three thirty-five at the time. Mm-hmm. Looked like a big hot mess. <laughs> but anyway, um, I went and spoke to the strength coach at Vanderbilt, and I can't remember his name, but he had just come over from TSU like two years before. Mm-hmm. I think that's right. I don't want to be lying. Um, he was not the football strength conditioning coach, but he was one of the other strength conditioning coaches. And we just talked shop, mm-hmm. right? I just went to hang out just to um, pick his brain mm-hmm. and see what I could learn. Because um, I was wanting to get in that game. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, the, the biggest thing was they would only bring you in depending on what your certification was. So if I was a CSCS mm-hmm. with zero experience, I would get hired over having 15 years experience under a bar. Yeah. I'm like, okay, well, I understand what what the CSCS represents and, you know, the esteem it holds. Uh-huh. However, I know a lot of people from the circles I'm in that have their CSCS that couldn't point out a correct squat mm-hmm. if I gave them multiple choice. I mean, certification, that comes down to a whole nother, Is that another, another topic. I mean... I get hot about this. There's a lot of pieces of paper out there that people bought that, that they don't know. I think the key word is you said bought. Yeah. Which well, is I mean, what it is. And, you know, that, that's what it comes down to. Until you get into, I mean, if you can take a, a test well, mm-hmm. you, can pro, you can pass a CSCS. Yeah. Because um, all you have to do is learn or, or at least memorize. Memorize, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then go from there. Um, you know, one of the things that I really like about the, the level three is that it's practical application. You have to actually watch a video and point out what's going wrong. You can't just be like, a, B, C, D, oh, well, I know the right. answer based on this. Um, it, it's actually, you have to know. Uh, and I think that's where some of the, the, the legitimizing of what CrossFit is doing is coming into play. You're going to get smarter. You're going to get um, more, um, more, I guess, adept at teaching for coaches. Yeah. Uh, they're not just going to be certifications of completion. It's, it's You're an actual CrossFit trainer now. Well, I remember... And you may have seen the same thing. When I went to my level one, there mm-hmm. was people there that had honestly... Never done a workout before. They had never done uh-huh. a workout. That day mm-hmm. or that weekend was their first and second CrossFit workout. Yep. And I remember one of them, you know how they break you out in the groups. Mm-hmm. I was in my squat group. He was the guy standing next to me and he was talking to us about how he was... He had the money. He was mm-hmm. opening a box. Mm-hmm. And he was there to get his level one so he could do so. Mm-hmm. I'm like... So you don't have any experience? Nope, nope. Jump on the craze train. Yeah, it's crazy. I, we had a, a couple of personal trainers that came to ours, uh, and I mean, I drove. It was uh, Dr. Hines and I, and uh, mm-hmm. we drove out to Charlotte. So Andy Hendel, who's in the games this year, 
pretty intelligent guy. He was one of our, our, our coaches. And this other guy who was there, um, first CrossFit workout ever, we did Fran. Because they don't do Fran anymore for some reason. But we did Fran. No, they do the... the Oh, shoot. What is the, it's the 21, 15, 9 burpees yeah. and thruster. Because someone fell off a bar. Is that what it was? Yeah. But, you know, we're doing that. And, and he's this guy's doing strict pull-ups. He's doing thrusters on his toes. I mean, he's never done any of these movements mm-hmm. before. Um, or at least the way that we teach them to do it. Um, you know, and I, I'm just like, man, that's thousand mm-hmm. dollars just thrown away essentially. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, you're not going to be able to do anything with that. You know, you're no. just, you're just getting something to get something at that point, yeah. you know? And if you're looking to open a box and you don't know what you're doing, it's um, going to close as quick yeah, as open. Yeah. You might as well just give me your money and I'll do something with it. <laughs> I'm just going to be like, Hey, you're going to go ahead and, and spend a thousand dollars and then another 30 grand on equipment. Just give it to me. And, and you know, that'll be your investment. That'd be such a better, it's a, it's a better idea. I feel like it could work. I think yeah. we could just start that business and, and we'd be good. Let's do that. It's a side project. Yeah. We'll consult people on it. But yeah, you're not ready. Just give us your money. Yeah. yeah. We'll hold it. <laughs> I'll hold it and spend all of it. So, but yeah. So what's your, let me ask you this because uh-huh. you're getting ready to go to regional. So what, you know, your everyday mm-hmm. CrossFitter. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm just trying to stay in shape, mm-hmm. doing my threes a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Programming-wise, mm-hmm. what do you look? How vast is the difference between that and what you guys are up to? It should be very different. Um, the problem is, is one of the things I see is it's not. Sometimes it's not. People are trying to take on too much. They're trying to do too much too fast. The, um, the three time a week person is doing too much too fast. I think that some classes are programming it that way. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there's a lot of uh, open source programming out there uh, for oh, competitors. Yeah. yeah um, and a lot and a lot of boxes will take that and place it into classes, which the intensity is great. Every that that's the goal. We want intensity, but you want technique with intensity. So if the technique breaks down when the intensity happens, you're, you're losing the fitness aspect of it, and you're really risking that injury. Um, and I think that's where uh, the issue is, is becoming with CrossFit um, or an issue of CrossFit would be that, you know, people are getting slightly injured and banged up. I wouldn't say it's anything like what, you know, that have, have falsely come out. Right. Um, but, you know the average everyday crossfitter should not be training the way I train or the way uh, Rich trains or the way, and I'm not putting myself in that category. It's just the, always the first name that comes to my mind. You know, he's training three, four times a day. Well, I don't know that everybody can, can they? Do, do you I think mean, that recovery wise? No. Yeah. I mean, I feel, you know, I, ne- well, let me back up. I never have trained that many times a day, even mm-hmm. back when I was younger and trained, though we trained two hours straight, mm-hmm. but I mean, it's powerlifting, so I mean, there could be five, six minutes between sets, yeah. you know, and it would do so. And there's also, you know, two monoliths and 13 mm-hmm. people using it, so it's a little bit different. Ate a burger but, between sets? Well, a lot of times it was before the sets. <laughs> you, you gotta fill up your squat yeah, you, suit. You gotta, you gotta fire it out there. Uh, yeah. Sometimes you did on accident. <laughs> but. You know, I don't know that everybody's work capacity can reach that level. You know, I don't. I don't think you have to train to that. Yeah. You know, um, when I went to regionals as an individual, um, I was training three times a day um, because I needed to. I mean, but I had built to that point. I was, you know, 
when I first started, it was 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. And it was every day I was 6 a.m. and it was an hour and a half a day. And then I bumped it up to two times a day. And then, you know, I would squeeze in an extra session going up to that point just to make sure that I could handle the capacity of working out in three different se- three different workouts in a day because right. that's what your first day of Great rituals is. Yeah. yeah. So you have to build to that point. Um, I think that a lot of people are like, oh, well, I can't do a pull-up, but I want to do butterfly pull-ups. Uh, so they not boxes are not wanting to lose people. They'll try to teach them butterfly pull-ups. Or they'll try to teach them regular pull-ups, uh, kipping yeah. pull-ups, before they even can do a strict pull-up. Right. And I think that's that's where the capacity in, in the technique start to show that they're not there. It's muddy. It gets very muddy. And uh, that's where you're going to get some shoulder injuries. You're going to get some, you know, some other injuries that could have been avoided if proper steps were taken. So you think that's the main reason that boxes do that is just because they don't want to lose that... I mean, either they don't know any better, yeah. which in that case, CrossFit needs to do a better job of, of policing who yeah. is running a box and who is coaching. Um, or they're just really worried about losing a member based on the fact that if you if I tell you, listen, I don't think you're ready to compete yet, you may go somewhere else and go try to compete. Yeah, you know? yeah I can see, yeah, I can with, see people with, doing that. Yeah, and with the amount of boxes that are popping up, I mean, from where we're sitting right now, there is four, three, three within five miles. Well, there's two there's that are almost back to rigged, back door to back rig, door. Rigged and Cool Springs are right next to each other, and Talon's right down the road from that. And then yeah. there was two off of Columbia Avenue, which is only like ten miles away. Okay, so that's five in this area, uh, and then Brentwood Hills is six, which is two exits down. Yeah, so. You know, you have plenty of options. Now, it depends on what you're looking for and what you're, you know, if you want, like, coaching, different coaching style, different community. A lot of that plays into to factor there. But, I mean, yeah, I think there is a worry when you say no to someone. Yeah. They're like, well, I want to do it anyway. Yeah, I mean, I can see that. You know, building that capacity, mm-hmm. to me, um, seems like... You know, I don't know that everybody, there's a, there's a time commitment mm-hmm. that I don't know that everybody can actually, you know, do, um, well, commit it, to. And you have to be, you have to right. make the time too. Cause a lot of the times, you know, when we're working, you know, 14, 15 hour days, you got a family at home or, you know, you have, I have dogs, um, you know, that need to be their children. Care. They are, they're my furry, furry <laughs> children. But, you know, they need to be taken care of. And you have to make the choice to try to get those sessions in. Um, you know, it's becoming a point where to build that capacity, you almost have to be paid to build that capacity. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, as, a, as a trainer, a nutrition coach myself, I'm in gyms regularly, but I'm working. So, oh, a lot of people are like, oh, well, you're in a gym all day. Different. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'm trying to make money. Yeah. You know, I'm not trying to, uh, you know, squeeze in 30 minutes here and 30 minutes there because, I mean, first of all, I'm 34 years old. I'm, it, I can't. Yeah. I mean, I need to warm up for 15 just to get ready for the, to, to, to warm up my squat. Yeah, so. I'm with you. I'm with you. I have that. That's one of my biggest struggles. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's days um, where I will try to do two in a day. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's the it's not the workout part no. that I hate. 
It's the warm up because because it takes so long it to prime takes it. So long, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, this has already been thirty minutes. Mm-hmm. And the problem is, you know what to do, yeah. so you know how long it's going to take. Yeah, you know, and you have to prime something different for every single movement that you're doing. So. I mean, it becomes a point where it's like, all right, well, I know I can get one in today. Uh, I'm going to have to get as much in it as I can in this two-hour frame. Um, and that's, I mean, that's what I had to do this morning, you know, because I just know that. Just you're warmed up, just roll. Just warm up. So I warm up on, like, I did uh, three 1,500-meter rows. Yeah, I saw that, yeah. Yeah, and that was my warm-up. That was my blood flow. And then I stretched from there, and then I snatched. Um, I tell you what, I was nice and warm. You know, I, yeah. I, I honestly didn't want to do anything after those. Uh, it was pretty terrible. But, you know, I think that that's when you start to warm. So you jam in what you can as safely as possible. You warm up your overhead. You warm up your hips. You make sure everything's working right, and then you go into it. And by the time that happens, you're only getting the – I only get the row in and then some snatching. I have a bunch left. But yeah. life doesn't allow for that sometimes. You know, that's I think that's what's the, the good thing about being on a team um, is that – I don't have to take the brunt of it myself. Um, Share the load. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, you pass some of that off. And some days I can I have open, like Fridays, you know, I try to keep a little bit more open so I can, you know, work out twice, three times if I need to. Yeah. Um, but, you know, what it comes down to is life happens. And uh, if you're not willing to sacrifice um, that life, not life, but that's that's lifestyle, then, mm-hmm. you know, it's becoming increasingly harder to compete on the level that some of these guys are competing on. Well, the, you know, I think we talked before, like how just that level has changed. Yeah. You know, what was scaled is no longer scaled, and what was RX is no longer RX. No, you know, RX is scaled. Yeah. If you can't, it, they're, they're doing muscle-ups and scaled sometimes. Yeah. You know, muscle-ups aren't the, uh, the, the, there's no mystique behind muscle-ups anymore. No, uh, it's it's can you do back up rises? Can you do strict deficit handstand push-ups at eight inches? Can you do triple unders? You know, it, I mean, yeah. it's becoming with grid and CrossFit competing against each other half the time. It's becoming like what kind of freak freak show can be next? <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I mean, I see stuff like this, and this guy's a phenomenal athlete, Andrew Rape. Yeah. Watching him do gymnastics, I mean, he's a big dude. Yeah. He's like 230. I mean, he makes me feel small. And he's doing, like, freestanding handstand push-ups where he leaves the ground altogether and puts himself onto three plates. That's crazy. And keeps his balance. I mean, I'm just like, all right, well, you know, I, I guess I can start doing, like, Zumba. Or something else, uh, because I can't do that. I don't have the time or or the ability to sit and and learn that. Um, that's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, but that's what it's becoming. It's becoming where these people who have the time and are getting at least paid. I mean, I know the top guys get get some pretty good money these days. Yeah. Um, I don't. I think what was it, twenty thousand dollars or ten thousand dollars for the winner of Wadapalooza? Oh yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, don't, I, didn't I think it was, it was it was a couple thousand. It was over five thousand at least. That's, that's, that's a lot of money. Yeah, and you know you have the young. They get younger and younger. I mean, it was um, what's her name? Brooke Wells won. She's twenty. Um, I think Noah Olson won. He's like twenty three. Yeah. Um, and he's been crossfitting for like twenty five years. Not only that, <laughs> you know, sponsorships. How that's changed. Oh yeah. You know, they're getting paid to work out. They're getting paid to work out. I mean. I want to buy a pair of the shoes you got on because Brooke Wells wears them. 
you know, that's or no, that's Brooke Entz. I don't know, Brooke Entz, one yeah. of them. But you know, I mean, I think they're 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 obviously taking advantage of their abilities, which yeah. is great. But I I just I mean, the average CrossFitter, which is what I consider myself at this point, it, they don't have the time. I don't have the time to do that. So. Well, you know, I think when you're, um, oh, what was her name? Is it Lauren Fisher mm. that was? Doing that when then she had to quit to go to school. Oh no, that's Julie Fouché. Julie Fouché, yeah, yeah, and so, she's back in regionals anyway. Yeah, back in regionals, yeah, yeah just like that. <laughs> As a med student, no big deal. No, that's that's another thing that's insane. It's impressive. It is yeah. impressive. So, but it, you know that goes back to you know just thinking out loud. Is it something where some people are just that gifted? I mean, I think the problem with this conversation is you get into that 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 dirty that dirty the word um, mm-hmm. that uh, we don't have any proof if anyone's taking anything or not to recover. Well, I mean, not, some of these people I'm are not even, even going to go there. But that's but, where my mind goes. How can yeah. you recover so well? Well, like, number one, you know what we were just sitting here saying we don't like to do is warm up. Yeah. Right, because we're older. Yeah. Right? You, you know some, we have to. You put some miles on the body. You know, I see it in uh, in our gym. There's some, some, some dudes and some chicks that are younger. Mm-hmm. Man, they'll walk in the minute class starts. Mm-hmm. And they'll miss part of the warm-up. And they jump in the wad. Yeah. One of them did it last night. Yeah. Uh, was it Diane last night? Or what was it? He did something last Ooh, night. Oh, I love Diane. What was that today? Holy cow. No, it was last night. Handstand push-ups yeah. and deadlifts? Yeah. And he favorite. did a deficit without a warm-up. Yeah. And just, I think it was like four and a half minutes or something. Yeah. No warm up. So, yeah. I'm not. need to warm up the shoulders. Right. I'm, when I'm saying, like, you know, gifted athlete. Yeah. You know, of course, some of us are. But young and. We're not all mobile. created equal. Yeah. Right? I, I think that's fair. I agree. So, is it like some people's potential where they can get there where someone. You know, like me, even maybe when I was younger, mm-hmm. would not be able to get there regardless. Well, you know, and I think it's some of these kids at their age, like at 23, I was coming off of out of college football. And that's a lot of years of, you know, getting beat up. Yeah. These kids are coming Converse. out with no, no wear and tear in their body outside of, you know, learning how to lift. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I think that, you know, the, the mileage on the body definitely, no matter what the age, the mileage on the body definitely accounts for something. Um, but you know, when it really comes down to it, I think some people just are capable of recovering better or they have different, you know, you have multiple types of muscle that they have more that helps them recover better in terms of, you know, they, maybe they have a good mix of slow and fast twitch that makes it make more sense for them. Um, but I mean, at this point, you know, I don't know what their schedules are like, but I, I, I've seen the guys up at, in Cookville work out, um, worked out one workout with them and they, they had three more after that. Um, but that's what they do. That's yeah. their job. So do I think that some people are built for this? Absolutely. Yeah. Do I think that I'm built for this? No, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> but you know, it's fun and I enjoy it and I, I wish that I, I had the capacity that some of these kids have. Yeah, it is. It is crazy. Um, like I said, just seeing how you build to that 
capacity. And, oh, yeah. and your capacity can absolutely increase regardless of what your skill level oh, or or what you think your genetic potential is. I know last year, last summer, summer before last, I got suckered into a group that was mm-hmm. training a lot a lot extra mm-hmm. and I saw a huge increase. Mm-hmm. Of course, I wasn't able to keep up that yeah. for a long period of time. You know, man, it's just like the recovery yeah. part of it. You know, yeah, I could do two wads today mm-hmm. and none, maybe tomorrow. None tomorrow. <laughs> but then the next day, man, it was... You rest day in between there. Oh, good God. Well, and I mean, I think for some of these guys, nutrition plays a huge factor into it. I know yeah. guys like Nick Urankar, um, I know Derek knows him and says that he is impeccable on his food. I mean, the guy looks like a G.I. Joe, so, I mean, I'm sure he is. Um, but, you know, you have to be. It's a full-time job to eat that, to, to recover, yeah. to, to work out. So, you know, these guys are taking it seriously, and, and I commend them for all the work they put in. But, you know, I mean, I, some guys are just built built better than others. Yeah. It's so. and gene. Is that what it's called? <laughs> the, the one that makes you all jacked? Yeah. The, <laughs> Is uh, that the one? The, the blockers. So you block the myostatin so it actually allows for better oh okay yeah 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 i need that that's what i need yeah i need i need something i don't know what it is but figure that out so what else you think about programming what else you got i don't even know if we even talked about programming. well i mean i think we talked about a lot of different things i think we talked about we uh, we did uh you know i think it has a general direction um but you know i think that one of the things the the my coach right now is is brandon phillips um and he's been working me uh, on my capacity. Capacity mm-hmm. is, is an issue for me. Um, so he's been working me on that. But there's tons of programming out there. There's Misfit. There's Invictus. There's uh, Built by Bergeron. Comp training. Comp, which is yeah. comp training, yeah. Um, and that's most of that is public public access. You can, yeah. you can pick that up. And do I suggest that you pick that up without knowing where you are? No, I would talk to a coach and, and understand where you are first. Because um, I know Misfit's volume is phenomenal. Well, here's a good question for you. You're a coach. Mm-hmm. How do you deal with the athlete at your box mm-hmm. that is not at that level, right? Mm-hmm. Where they should probably be the three, four, five times a week, mm-hmm. one hour, jump into class, do the, do the best you can in the class, that says, hey, I'm going to be training three times a week. How do you deal with that? How do you, how do you have that talk until and try to get through their head that maybe that's not the correct step. Maybe sometimes take a step backwards mm-hmm. to take a step forward, especially if it's someone who, you know, they're injured, mm-hmm. they stay injured, or they have nagging mm-hmm. injuries. I think one of the benefits that I've had as a coach is uh, I've been around here for a little while. Um, and I've had some, some pretty good success, um, competing. So mostly the guys that come to me or I'm coaching at least will listen to me. Um, you know, one of the main things that I'll do is I, I don't, I never had a problem with egos. So I walk up and take weight off someone's bar if they, they don't need Absolutely. that weight. Yeah. Uh, I have no problem with yeah. that. You know, and I have no problem being honest with someone. And But I'll pull them aside and make sure that no one's around to make sure their ego isn't hurt. Um, but, you know, I, I haven't had too many issues with that. You know, if someone's hurt, I'm telling them, I'm like, listen, you're not going to do something that's going to continue or further this injury. Sometimes um, you have to protect them from themselves. 100%. I ran into that a lot. There's a lot. There was, I mean, there's... 
you, you run into that in this area, you know. I mean, there's there's weekend warriors that, you know, feel like they're invincible, and then all of a sudden they, they find that they're not. Yeah. Uh, and then they're constantly getting injured because they weren't listening to anyone else. And then finally, you know, it makes sense to them. Uh, and then, you know, you just have to be upfront and honest with them. I call them uh, shooting stars because <laughs> they flame out really quick. Yeah. <laughs> they're, the guys that they come in hot and boom. Come, come in five days a week and all of a sudden it's like, and where'd he go? Hey, where's he been? <laughs> oh, yeah. Exactly. Tore shoulder off the Boom. Well, you know, and I take, and someone gets injured in my classes or did get injured when I was coaching in classes, that, I took that very seriously and, and I took it to heart, yeah. you know. Um, you don't want someone to get injured on your watch. I mean, I fluke injuries, I've had someone blow out an Achilles. I mean, that's traumatizing. Yeah. That traumatized me. I heard it. I mean, you can hear that. That's like a gunshot. Ugh. And uh, it, it was on the fifth round of a workout. It's not like he didn't warm up. It's not like he wasn't already going through it. It's just a freak injury. But, you know, you, you worry about that from now on. That Like, that's in my head. Yeah. That was like four years ago. That's still in my head. Bounding on the box jumps or? Double unders. Really? Yeah. That's, see, that's why I don't do double unders. <laughs> <laughs> There's a good reason. That's my uh, excuse. Yeah. I'll, write that down. I'll, I'll give you that one. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think that um, as long as you care about your people, uh, and I coached every class in the morning for two and a half years at, at CrossFit Cool Springs. Mm-hmm. I cared about every single person that came through that door. Did I make everyone happy that came through that door? I, I was going to tell you what it was. If you weren't listening to me in the warm-up and I had to reprimand you later on, I was going to tell you why. Yeah. And some people got mad at me for that. But in the end of the day, that's what a coach should do. Yeah. You don't have to embarrass people, and but you got to tell them. It's not about being, you know... Yeah, we're all friends and we're trying to be friends, but you're also, uh, you're teaching, mm-hmm. you're trying to protect as mm-hmm. well. You know, somebody's starting to throw a bunch of weight on the bar, you know they have no business. I'm like, mm-hmm. hey man, just, let's do this first and see, let's go from there. Well, let's, and, let's back up a little bit. And you're you're the pe- person that person people have to look to. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're the head of that community. Yep. You know, whatever that class is, you're the authority. You have to assert yourself as the authority. You can't be uh, meek and timid sitting back and watching people because someone's going to get hurt. Someone's going to do something that they, I mean, I've had people come in and tell me about a CrossFit class that they're like, yeah, I did a clean and I passed out. I'm like, that shouldn't, that really shouldn't happen. So, you know, tell me what happened. So I, I try to break down their movement based on, you know, what I'm hearing, but you know, things like that are going to happen. Um, and I think that one thing is great about the programming aspect of things. You can you can program against that. One of the great things when I was helping or assisting with programming um, for Cool Springs was, and James Herbert did the programming over there. But you know, I assisted a little bit. We did a level one, level two, level three. That's mm-hmm. what we started out at. And level one was you know your basic CrossFitter, where all right. You know, this is where you are. This is where you need to be. This is kind of the, our, you know, scaled version. Yeah. Then we had an RX, which was level two. And then we okay. had an RX plus, which was level three. And it was the same workout. So you still had the community aspect, which was great. You know, people were doing the same things. You were just upgrading the movement or the weight if you were an RX plus. If you're RX, you were doing it normal. And if you are scaled, you were doing scaled movements of okay. those things. So you allowed for everyone to be in the same class without feeling singled out. I think uh, CrossFit RTR. Does that same thing? Is that real tight? Is that real yeah. tight, Of course, it that's is. terrible. What are you talking about? I'm a Notre Dame fan. 
Y'all embarrassed us. And Jamie has just been kicked off the podcast. <laughs> no. I, I am no longer here. Um, no, the, like um, I've been, I've dropped in their box several times, but follow them on Instagram and when they post a workout, mm-hmm. it's A, B, C, mm-hmm. and it's B and C is a scaled version of yeah. A. So, and I think that's a great way to yeah. have people involved um, and learn the movements without jumping into the weight too fast. Mm-hmm. You know, and if someone's telling you they need to go RX plus, and you know, as a coach, they should not be RX plus, you have to tell them, you have to pull them back and be like, "Listen, just go RX today. This is where you are." You know, we'll get there. But if you want to get there, we'll get there. If you don't want to get there, stay here. Well, true. That's yeah. The other part of it too. Yeah. People have to be willing to, and then that's one of the things that. I've also come across as programming for people I think should compete that don't really want to compete. Yeah. You know, you, you have tons of people that are going to show ability to compete, but not everyone wants it. Not yeah. everyone wants that, that yeah. style. You can't program at them. No. Nope. You have to make sure they accept whatever's coming at you. And I think that, you know, the box owners and coaches that do, um, compete they want everyone to compete like yeah. when i first started across i wanted everyone to compete with me i was like let's 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 do good go do a competition here let's go do a competition there and some people just aren't meant to compete no and um some people are not competitive yeah exactly period. some people like i have a I had a had i mean i haven't coached in a little while at a normal class but i had a 7 a.m class that they all came to class because they, they wanted fitness, but they they enjoyed being with each other. Mm-hmm. It was all women, 35 to 55. So, actually, I had a 70-year-old lady in there, too. She was awesome. Um, but, you know, they were there for each other. Yeah. And it was a community. And that's that's originally the biggest reason why I got into CrossFit and why I got into what I do with Max Muscle or outside of that now is, is the relationships in, in the community. And that's why some people go. You know, not everyone wants to go compete, um, whether exactly they're capable right. or not. Uh, I talked about this with uh, Matt Boyd. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that you not, forgot, forgot not, to press the button on? I don't know if we had recorded it or not. <laughs> but, you know, one of the biggest things is, you know, um, you'll have some people that are lifting, you know, still grab the bar, mm-hmm. don't put any weights on it ever. It's the same thing they were doing two years ago. Mm-hmm. But they're not coming. Even some people are not even coming for the fitness. Yeah. Some people are coming for the community. social aspect. Yeah, it's the social aspect, and you know, hey, to each his own. I'm not going to tell you what to do. And again, it's up to the coach yeah. to recognize that and tell them to go with the the, the program that works best for them. Mm-hmm. So if if they need to be at scaled scaled movement of it, they need to be at scaled. If they can move up and they don't want to move up, keep them at scaled. As long as they're getting the fitness in that they want to get in, that's the most important thing. They're moving more than a lot of people. Exactly. Especially, you know, I, I mean, I love that class, too. They were, they were probably my most fun. We got so. a 5.30 a.m. class <clears throat> that, uh, man, they are just, they have their own Facebook group. <laughs> they, they've made their own T-shirt. Uh-huh. It's, it's a super close. If somebody ain't there, they call them out. Mm-hmm. It's a tight-knit group. But I think that's a beautiful thing because it ends awesome. up policing itself. You know, you have itself. you have it's a, a community, community inside of its inside of the bigger community, yeah. which is crazy. Because yeah. I remember when there'd be like two people in the five thirty a.m. class. Uh-huh. This morning I coached; it was eighteen. That's phenomenal, and and especially in a small, small small town. I mean, it's Thompson Station. Yeah, 
It's a small area. It's a little bitty. You know, so you're having 18 and a 5.30. People are, you work out at 5.30 a.m., you want to be there. You're not yeah. just going there because no. you want to go, like, run no, the treadmill. They're all getting busy. Yeah. So I think that's a beautiful thing, and I think that's what this community is really ended up being about. And they obviously come for the coaching in the, in the atmosphere. Well, they have Kim and Dave's up there. Yeah. Well, it's you. It's me. Clearly. <laughs> So, but you know, in, in terms of that, I think that uh, we've touched on a lot of different yeah, stuff today. So uh, this was uh, all about programming, and I don't know that we, we really did a whole lot of programming. But we, we touched on we we said the word a lot. We did say the word, especially in the beginning. Yeah, when we were trying to stay on track, trying to. But I think that it, the the workflow was much better. Um, you know, it it ends up being more about understanding your athletes than anything else so not what they want but what they need and that's what i do with my clients for nutrition and that's what you have to do with with programming for these clients there it is all right guys we'll see you next time thank you